your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. Like the guy just said, right? Uh, coming up on the show today, a couple of guests as we continue this Oktoberfest theme through the week, and we have the uh, Festmasters Ball tonight. So. Right around 9 p.m., check wisdomnews.com if you want to know who the new Festmaster of Oktoberfest is this year. And obviously tomorrow, Torchlight Parade going down on the north side of the city. But coming up a little bit later here in the show, bottom half of the hour, Brooke Pataska, sergeant at the La Crosse Police Department, is going to talk with me a little bit about you know what the police go through on an Oktoberfest weekend and compare it, compare it some to what the police go through on a not Oktoberfest weekend. And uh, before that, A.J. Frells with Explore Lacrosse is going to talk to me a little bit about the economic impact that Oktoberfest has and compare that. You know, state track's a big thing uh, in the city. You know, I would say those are, off the top of my head, I would say those are the two biggest things. I also want to talk to A.J. about the big boats that have come in this summer and uh, just even even last week, right? The big boats were coming in. Just the, the the impact that those have on the city. Obviously, all this stuff is great news, right? In terms of uh, those fests coming, I, I don't know the police situation. Not always the greatest news, right? That's kind of a it's just like a a burden for the police that they have to do. They have to they have to you know come up with a plan and and get get everybody's I guess all hands on deck, so to speak. And uh, just be ready for, you know, 150,000 or so people coming to a parade. And um, I think I think 50,000 50, people heading, heading to the Oktoberfest grounds and, and partying down there. But before we get to any of that, I did want to talk a little bit about what the mayor did this morning, lacrosse mayor Mitch Reynolds. On uh, we, we knew this going into yesterday, just an announcement was coming at City Hall about the homeless issue. Uh, he's been, I, th- I feel like they've been hashing out this plan for weeks and weeks amongst the groups that, that deal with the, the homeless, uh, you know, Salvation Army, Catholic Charities, YWCA, uh, Cooley Cap, uh, the, the county, the city council of the county. I think all these groups get together uh, periodically, maybe monthly, maybe even more than that, and try to hash out a plan. And the mayor announced the plan for what to do after October 31st, right? Like after that's, that's kind of the end date of having people at Huska park. We'll see how that goes, how they clear that out. There was some, there was some news about how they did that last year and, and, and just, you know, get the park cleared out and uh, where are those people going to go? But the, the plan this year to me, very vague still, uh, last year it was it wasn't a great it wasn't great right there's there's been so many bumps in this road and it's a it's a tough issue all across the nation right the homeless issue isn't an easy one to solve and like as a first time mayor let's try to solve homelessness in this city <laughs> like it's a burden right I, I think so I, I you know talking to mayor on the show once a month be like man this is like you're you're really just trying to tackle the toughest thing on uh, right off the bat and I commend him for that but then. Um, all the hiccups that come buying the Chamber of Commerce building downtown for bridge housing, you know, bridge housing that in between for homeless to getting housing. Well, we're going to build a bridge there, right? We're going to have bridge housing, get them, get those people. That didn't work. There's somebody bought the chamber building out from under the city, the county partnership, uh, and, and <laughs> with a cash offer. 
and then uh, the motel plan that fell through in in kind of somewhat of a disastrous way where the city says it wasn't up to code or the the motel couldn't get it up to code to to be bought for what was it one point one million dollars um you know good excuse there uh to not buy it I think after you get in there and go eh. and now they're trying to buy the marine credit building by on uh, kind of by the Menards right and um that's not going to be for homeless people, but it's going to be affordable housing because we also have a housing situation in the city, in the state, in the nation where uh, there's less and less affordable housing. So that's what that building is going to be. But the mayor today said everything's on the table in terms of everything except putting people in that motel in the north side again. We're not going to do that. I think we spent $700,000 to put them in last winter, put put uh, unsheltered people in the motel and then we spent, I think, I think we went, okay, we're going to, they're all, everyone's going to come out in, what was it, April, March, April, January, February, March, I think March, that was, that end date was going to be March. And then we decided, you know what, it's pretty cold in March still. So then we, I think another 200 or so thousand dollars to uh, re-up the motel for one more month. And then everyone moved into Huska Park, right? We're not doing the motel deal this year. We're, you know, like how much money can we spend at this point? If we spend like $2 million on motel rooms, for not quite two million, probably like a million and a half dollars on motel rooms. At that point, you could have bought a building and you know renovated it and be, had been done with it if you could find a building. Um, and and the people there there have been some people that say why not build, buy that motel and do it there. It seemed to have worked last winter. Um, the motel probably doesn't want to be sold since they're doing such great business, right? Like that. Why would you sell that building if you're uh, if you're getting uh, seven hundred thousand dollars in a in a winter to to do something temporarily, I don't know. Seems like a good business plan, but uh, that deal is not going to happen this year. So the mayor saying stuff like uh, using the police building on the north side, using the south side neighborhood center, using Green Island Ice Arena uh, as sites that we could temporarily sh- shelter the homeless over winter. So the plan very vague. I would say, and, and, you know, not a whole lot of options at this point when, when those deals fall through and, and the Marine credit building is going to be one, maybe temporarily uh, for the winter as, as a place where we can house unsheltered along with all the other groups that, that do this all winter when we don't try to solve homelessness. Right. So anyway, that's my spiel on it. Uh, we'll, I, I feel like we'll talk about this more down the road. It's city, Council week, it's uh, committee week next week, the two big committees week. So these things might be on the table in one way, shape, or form. Or at least we can get some council people on to talk about it. And some county people, too, to see, you know, where where everything stands. But um, anyway, Oktoberfest week. So let's talk about that when we come back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. On the phone with me now is AJ Frells. The AJ, are you the executive director there? At Explore Lacrosse. That's right, Rick. Executive director of Explore Lacrosse, uh, the Convention and Visitors Bureau for our region. And Explore Lacrosse is a group that works through the city. Or are you own, are you your own entity? We are our own entity. We are funded in, in a variety of ways, but the main funding that we see is from room tax dollars. And we represent six communities throughout the region, La Crosse, Onalaska, Holman, Campbell, West Salem, and uh, La Crescent, Minnesota. Okay. And, and would you say, 
I mean, Explore Lacrosse, you're just promoting things to do in the area, right? Or, or is, I mean, there's more to it than that. You could tell me, is there more to it than that? <laughs> there is. We, we do a lot of marketing. We do promote uh, events and festivals throughout the area. We promote uh, leisure travel to come here. And we also have a very strong sales team that works uh, to bring in conventions, meetings, and sporting events. All those fishing tournaments? That's our that's our sales team, WIA State Track and Field, and of course working very closely with UWL. We work uh, closely with WIA to bring that state track and field event here every year. Uh, we just secured a five year agreement with them to lock that in, so we know they're going to keep calling the Lacrosse Region home for quite a while. So uh, just a lot of different uh, aspects that we have. We have several different visitor centers. The people can stop by. We have a mobile visitor center. We have a community grants program where if you have an event or festival that drives heads in beds, so to speak, puts people in those hotel rooms or lodging properties or B&Bs, you can actually apply for some funding through us to help with that if you've got an event or festival. So a lot of different aspects. Uh, The trolley tours, that's us. The Bluff to Bluff, the new trolley tours this year. Uh, The dark lacrosse tour, we work with uh, Kelly on that as well and and so forth so a lot of things i'm leaving out but yeah a little bit more than just promoting the the what's happening where are you guys at with the idea that i floated to the mayor and you when the mayor was the host of the show we floated this idea a gondola that goes up to granddad bluff where are you guys with that you know rick if you got the checkbook for it <laughs> we'd love to make that happen and we get the mayor on board with it that'd be great and then, i think it'd be fantastic I'm, I'm sure maybe some residents wouldn't wouldn't like it. I'm not sure, but uh, you know, it'd be. Uh, I think it'd be pretty cool. It would. The, the other one is even more wacky. Is that and also gondolas, but the ones that you that float is a river system through Lacrosse, maybe through Riverside Park, where you can just get in one of those <laughs> gondolas and someone can paddle you around like a, a little romantic boat ride. I tell you, between the gondola and the and the uh, the the ride up to Granddad Bluff and so forth, you've got some big dreams, and uh, we maybe we should talk some more with you. Um, obviously, I want to talk to you about Oktoberfest, but while I got you on the phone, I'm just going to throw this at you. you tell me what you think. Um, we've had these big boats coming through here. Uh, you know, what's, and I see the Explore Lacrosse van there as well, but um, how, how big is it that these big boats are, are stopping in Lacrosse? And obviously, we have this new, brand new ship, right? From uh, it's Mississippi something. I forget what it's called now off the top of my head, but uh, the, the Viking. The Viking, Viking Mississippi. Cruise. Yeah, the Viking Cruises. Um, yeah, like what's the impact there for lacrosse? Obviously good, but, I mean, is, is it way – is it above heads and heads and tails, above what a normal kind of event would bring? You know, it's it's what it is, is it's great exposure for us. And, and first of all, I'd like to thank the Parks and Rec Department and the City of Lacrosse. They did a fantastic job working with all these boats, and we're just thrilled to be able to partner with them and be a part of it. Uh, we're just there with the, the Mobile Visitor Center. To welcome folks, we see the impact uh, for downtown lacrosse, but it goes beyond that. It goes uh, beyond the fact that they're just here for a few hours or a day. They get to experience our, our area. They get to experience the community. They see the bluffs and the waterways. And we know, you know, how beautiful it is. As a lot of us that live here because of how gorgeous our area is, so they they uh, will sometimes come back. I mean, it, there's a spinoff to it. It's hard for us to exactly track what kind of repeat business we'll see, but it's our first time for many folks to be introduced to the uh, region. 
And I can tell you from firsthand experience, they get off that boat and they look up and, they look, and, and the other jaws are hanging open and they're just like, wow, we had no idea that Wisconsin looked like this. Uh, for Viking, we are the only Wisconsin stop, so that's fantastic. And uh, for many of the boats, that holds true. But, um, you know, it's just a blessing that we get to have them here. And again, uh, we thank the Parks and Rec Department for making that happen. Obviously, their jaws would really drop if instead of taking a bus up Bliss Row, they could take a gondola. You're not going to let that one go, are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Oktoberfest. Uh, okay, let's just put this in scope. Oktoberfest seems to me like one of the bigger events on the cross. You mentioned State Track. Um, those seem like the two biggest things. Is one bigger than the other? And what is the biggest thing events-wise that comes to lacrosse and draws so many people? You know, there are so many great events. Um, I, I worked on the South Shore, Lake Tahoe, uh, represented four communities before I came here. And uh, I don't know, I say this all the time, and I mean it, I don't know another region that does festivals or events better than this region right here. I mean, there are so many great events, you know, and then you throw in the country boom, which is fairly new to the mix as well. That has a big impact. The state track and field, as we mentioned earlier, has huge impact. Uh, but Oktoberfest is, is huge. It's uh, according to the study done by UW-Whitewater, it has an economic impact of $15 million. Uh, and uh, the festival, from what I understand, talking to the folks over at the uh, Oktoberfest grounds and, and talking to Hannah, they're going to anticipate about 50,000 people coming through uh, for visitors that will come through, and maybe about 150,000 will be engaged in the parade as well. Yeah, 150,000 watching the parade. 50,000 people come to lacrosse. Yeah, I heard... I heard that the estimates could be around 200,000, and I kind of wonder, and did you guys try to anticipate this or calculate this as, you know, two years after the festival was shut down because of of COVID, and then we're a year out of it, you know, like the expectations for last year were probably very up in the air. But two years later, I, I wonder if it's going to be bigger and better than ever, or if it still will have lingering effects from COVID-19. Well, you know, I think they work, they work every year, and they do it. They make it better every year, so bigger and better. The better is definitely a, a go because they do that every year. There's always improvements and things they, they do to change and, and enhance the event. Um, all our festivals, I see that happen all the time. And, uh, you know, as far as bigger, I would say that, uh, you know, tourism is back with a vengeance. It really is. We're seeing strong numbers for tourism overall. We're seeing numbers that rival 2019, which was a banner year for our county and the entire state of Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's just, just great to see this come back. So I anticipate this being a good good and excellent year, should I say, for, for uh, Oktoberfest. And uh, it has been uh, coming back very strongly. As the Secretary of Tourism says, you know, we expect tourism to come back from COVID is a dial, and that dial is turning pretty rapidly as, as we see numbers increase and, and people wanting to get back out and travel. Now, you mentioned some numbers. $15 million economic impact. Um, let's see here. What are some? More than $1.17 million in tax payments to various levels of government and 211 jobs in the local community. So some of this was done by a study back in 2015, some of these numbers. Um, is there, you know, it would be kind of silly to do it now, but like, when would we do another study like this to kind of determine what something like Oktoberfest, what something like state track does for a community just to, to see, you know, cause then we can kind of compare how we've done, you know, five years down the road, 10 years down the road. 
Yeah, I, I think about every 10 years is a good time. So we're probably coming up on time to refresh this study and, and take a look at it and, and, and update our numbers because, you know, we, we know that it's probably stronger than what this report is showing uh, just because of the, uh, the uh, age of the report. What would you say when, when we bring 50,000 people to, in town uh, to Oktoberfest and 150,000 for the parade? So I don't, there's probably two different uh, categories here. What, what is impacted the most? My obvious, I think my obvious guess would be just be bars and restaurants. But is it, is it more than that? Or are the hotels impacted more because just that many people are staying at a hotel overnight? Or, or is well, it just certain, the simple thing? Bars and restaurants are going to get most of the benefit here. Well, you've got a mixture. You've got a mix of uh, local residents, people that are either driving in or from the area that are attending. And then you've got the folks that, uh, you know, we refer to those local or people that drive in as day trippers, and you have the folks that are spending the, the night. And uh, that's that's a whole different bracket. Department of Tourism for the state of Wisconsin says that the average attendee uh, will spend about $160 per night when they stay. A day tripper is right around eh, $60. I might be a little, couple dollars off on that, but I'm just going to round it off. Around $60 per day for, uh, for a day tripper when they come in at what they spend. Now, that doesn't take into consideration here the ticket price and, and so forth. So it's a lot of that is is uh, has to do with the type of event. That's the same kind of numbers we generate when we look at WIA State Track and Field or Country Boom and so forth. But that's that's a number that uh, departments use for a while. And again, maybe that number needs to be updated as well and, and looked at because uh, we all know the price of uh, most everything has gone up a little bit. Now, being that we have a lot of out of towners coming in. And I don't know. I don't know if Explore Lacrosse says, "Hey, you need to what you need to do," but maybe you do. I don't, you're going to promote everything and anything, or particular particular things. But if somebody was coming from outside the community, AJ, what would you tell them? First of all, go to Granddad Bluff. That's obvious. But what else do people need to do when they get to the Lacrosse area? You know, again, it's such a great area. But Granddad Bluff, Riverside Park, uh, the Apple Blossom Scenic Overlook, and La Crescent. Uh, you got to have a picture taken with Sonny the Sunfish for sure up in Alaska. You can't miss that opportunity in today's uh, social media world. And, uh, you know, just spend some time in historic, beautiful downtowns that we have to offer, do some shopping, check out the, the nightlife, because uh, the lacrosse region is definitely known for that. And, and go for a drive on Great River Road. I mean, check out Great River Road. It is now dedicated as an all-American road not just a scenic highway or byway. So it has been boosted. There are only 14 All-American roads in the entire United States, and we have one running right to the middle of our area. All right, last thing before I let you go. Um, We talk about, you know, you you talk about the sunfish and this this stuff that draws people to lacrosse, or people come to lacrosse because of something like Oktoberfest and then learn about, oh, Granddad Bluff, oh, the giant, what is it, a bluegill, right? Is it a bluegill up there? Or a sunfish, sunfish, sunfish. Yep. right. All right, AJ, we'll leave it at that. Thanks a lot for joining me, man. Appreciate it. All right, thanks. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm on the phone with me now is Sergeant Brooke Potaska with the Lacrosse Police Department. Brooke, you've been doing this for a, a decade, a little over a decade, Brooke. Yeah, yep, that's correct. And do you do you start? Is it when when we talk? And we're going to talk Oktoberfest, obviously. But when you start, uh, did you start? Uh, like in the patrol car or something like that and move your way up? Or are you still doing stuff like that? 
Yeah, yep. No, I started um, on patrol. Um, so with that, we have obviously our, our regular scheduled shift officers that are working, and they'll continue to be in the squad cars. But um, then we also have additional officers that are on foot and campus and downtown. So um, my first couple of years, I did a combination of those, and then I've helped in our first street, our first uh our aid station, I guess, and then from there just kind of moved around to different different areas of the city as well. So I've done the north side and south side, uh, campus and downtown. Now, when it comes to Oktoberfest, is it all hands on deck because there's so many people in town and um, therefore, and, and obviously Oktoberfest is centered around a golden keg. So you know what people are going to be doing, and then the you know, and then and then we don't know exactly what people are going to be doing. So we we need a little bit bigger police force when that many yeah. people are in town. Is it all yeah. hands on deck? In other words, uh, does even Chief Kudron put on, you know, the walking boots and get out there? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, no, we're, you're right. Uh, every department member is working Oktoberfest in some form. Um, yep, and Chief Kudron will be out there. Um, so, absolutely. No, we're all, we're all out there. You're right. It's all hands on deck. Um, yes, we, you know, it's no secret that it's going to be, um, alcohol is going to be consumed. So you're right. That's where we want more people, um, out there, more officers visible. Um, it's, it's kind of more for those welfare checks, to be honest, where people just consume too much and they can't find their friends. They can't find, um, a ride home. They need help even getting to the hospital. They drank too much, you know, that kind of stuff. So that's, that's a, a little bit of the reason why we're out there and so much more, um, enforced and visible as well. Do you know, do you have any idea, do you guys make estimates about, okay, this, we expect this many people to be in town, therefore we need this many people out and about in the police department? You know, we don't really have like a ratio or anything like that, but yeah, we expect like, you know, a thousand, over a thousand people, um, you know, between Thursday all the way through Saturday night. So um, yeah, we just ask as many officers. Um, we even get some from out of town, different neighboring, you know, areas, if they're willing to, you know, share their officers with us. Um, but yes, and then, like I mentioned, uh, all our department members are working as well. How many, okay, when it comes to Oktoberfest versus a regular, what, fall weekend, summer weekend? I don't know how you do comparisons here, but how much, how many more calls do you get? How many more? people do you have to to give cite do you have to give citations to when it comes to this weekend versus uh you know a, a quote-unquote normal weekend i suppose mm-hmm. do you have that do you know that off the top of your head well you not know, off the top of your head or off a piece of paper a, in front of you <laughs> <laughs> well on a normal weekend we might have like 300 or so calls for service um and that could be anything so that could be like i mentioned a welfare check a 911 hang up that could be a bar fight that could be um an OWI or a, a hit and run a traffic crash like any any combination so that's on a normal weekend um Oktoberfest weekend um the past couple of years not including covid cuz that was a little different but we have over a thousand calls for service um and then even actually in 2019 we had about 1200 calls for service um, as far as arrests, again, that can kind of vary, of course, by, by any weekend. Um, but, I mean, we could have maybe 10, 15 arrests, um, depending. But that would be a normal weekend. Oktoberfest weekend, we have, you know, between 40 to, to 60 arrests. Um, and then citations. Uh, citations, it's completely different. So citations, um, we're looking at over 200, um, maybe even up to 300 we have in the campus area. Um, you know, so that, that can get, you know, completely different as well. Um, so yes, yes, we are very busy on Oktoberfest. 200 to 300, 200, 300 citations. What would be a normal weekend? 10? 
Yeah. Yep. I'd say 10. Um, I mean, it kind of depends if there's, you know, some type of a house party going on where you have quite a few people in there. Um, people get issued the ticket. If there's 50 people in there, it's going to be more, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, yep. On a normal, I would 10. Sometimes it could even be um, a high at 30 for our downtown area or underage drinkers, stuff like that. Yeah, and, and Oktoberfest, obviously, I think a lot of that is going, you, there's no secret, you said it before, There's a lot of this is going to be uh, dealing with drinking and then all the effects of drinking. When when you say 200 or 300 tickets on Oktoberfest, I mean, we're talking like, kind of, I would say, and you can, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but some of the sillier stuff like peeing in public and uh, just stuff like that, I mean, just and underage, right? Like these things are... are just going to happen more often in, during Oktoberfest because more people are in town and, and we're drinking on the streets, literally, right? Correct. Yes. So, um, yeah, I, it could be it could be anything. Like you kind of mentioned, um, most of it is going to stem from that alcohol. So, yes, we'll get disorderly conduct. People are yelling or throwing things, damaging things, so the damage to properties. Um, we have people littering, just throwing their garbage all over. Um, public urination, like you mentioned. So it's a lot of those things that people, I think, wouldn't normally do or hopefully they wouldn't normally do when they're sober. Um, but again, they, they consume too much and they think it's a good idea or other people egg them on. We see all that kind of stuff too. Um, so yeah, it's the decisions they make, I guess, while under the influence that usually stem from our, our biggest concerns or our main, our main things that we deal with. For for the de- police department, you probably don't look forward to these this four or five day stretch, huh? Because it's just it's going to be a lot of because if you think, put yourself in your shoes, you don't know what anyone is capable of, what's going to happen, and then you're going probably from you're probably almost going nonstop from covering instances, right? Like okay, this has happened, and now we got a call, I got to get this covered, and then something may be totally different, a totally different mind frame of of whoever you're dealing with. You almost have to reset your brain. Because you can't have one incident bleed into the next, right? The, the way you deal with these things? So, yeah, you have to keep every incident um, its own. And you're right. You can't get frustrated from maybe the last call or the last person if they, you know, weren't kind to you or fought with you or resisted. You know, those kind of things. So, yeah, you got to then um, that that's something officers do, obviously, on a daily basis, though, too. You're right. We have more people. So we definitely have to, to make sure that we're being patient and helping people as best we can um so there's there's a lot more to it in in changing your mindset just like you mentioned yeah now the police force is out but we call it the force um i know the 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 city of cross police department is doing something with uh like mental health professionals ride-alongs how much how much more of a an aspect will they play into the Oktoberfest weekend because i feel like a lot of these people that are are just going to be you know these aren't calls that you're going to need guns and force right so to speak Hopefully not. Yep, I agree with you. Um, yeah, we're going to use, I mean, we won't have them riding along with us throughout the weekend. Um, so they'll just be on call or we'll have someone on call that we can contact if it's, if it's needed or if it, you know, rises to that level. Um, but yeah, yep, we're, we're hoping that um, we can, you know, almost, almost celebrate with people. Yes, we're working, so we, we can't do everything they can do. But we're hoping to, you know, be able to enjoy the weekend as well in the nice weather by not having to, of course, arrest people or nothing physical like you mentioned, too. Yeah, it seems it seems kind of strange to say, but you're almost babysitters because some people just don't have that capacity to be like, all right, this is I've drank enough and it's an all day thing or an all day then night thing. I'm like literally like five in the morning, people are out uh, getting ready for the parade and, and having some 
alcohol. So yeah, I mean, there, there's like a component, yes, where um, if people don't have their cell phone charged, they can't get a hold of their friends, and they you know get lost from their friends, removed from them, whatever the case is, they can't find their way back home. There's a lot of visitors, obviously, so they don't remember where their friend lived. Um, and so we, we get all of those calls, so you're right. Um, if people can, can come up with a plan ahead of time, um, if they can make sure their cell phone is charged, make sure that they have a plan of, hey, if we get lost or, or wherever we might be, meet at the aid station or... Um, you know, different things like that, like, hey, this is my address, put it in your phone. Those kind of things would, would definitely help us out as well. Yeah, and you mentioned the aid station. I should bring it up. There there will be an aid station. It's at 3rd and Pearl by the subway there. It's often a good place to just say, hey, let's meet up here. I don't know if there would be a better place uh, mm-hmm. to say, let's meet up. There's not like a clock tower or anything like downtown that would. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a great place. And and you 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 kind of are mentioning it, but the, you can you can. Uh, charge your cell phone at this aid station and just and, and get any kind of help you need, right? Yeah, we'll also have um, like Tri-State, so if there's any medical concerns, um, you know, that's also come to the aid station. Um, they'll, they'll be there. They can kind of help assist. If there needs to be a transport to the hospital, we'll make sure that we can get an ambulance there, you know, quickly. It's a quick in and out kind of a, a location as well. Um, but, yep, yeah, if you need to kind of rest, charge that cell phone. Um, like you said, yeah, if you get lost, meet up, um, whatever those kind of situations might be, that's what it's there for. Mm-hmm. Again, we're speaking with Sergeant Brooke Potaska with the La Crosse Police Force. Uh, Lacrosse Police Department. Um, Brooke, what? Now you said you're going to be out there. Pretty much everyone's going to be doing something on Oktoberfest weekend with the police department. What What does a patrol look like? Do you have to do a, like a typical 12 hour shift? I think you guys are on 12 hour shifts. I could be wrong. And then you know, like you're you're going to be out there one of the days. What What will you be doing? You like? Are you just walking around? What How How does it look? Can you describe what a patrol would look like on Oktoberfest weekend? So uh, quite a few of them will be working the 12-hour shifts. Some will still be working like an eight-hour shift, but you're right, a lot of it will just kind of meld together because people will be working Thursday night um, and then a Friday afternoon into the evening. Um, so our, our actual patrol cars will be out taking different calls throughout the city just like they, they normally would on their normal working weekend. Um, Everyone else that's coming into work will be mostly on foot, so we'll saturate and have a group of people in the campus area, and then we'll have a group on foot as well in the downtown area. So their main purpose is truly just to be walking around and making sure that people are getting to their areas, their their homes, their um, apartments, whatever it might be. Um, if there obviously are noise complaints, if there's damage complaints, if there's loud parties, um, disorderly behavior, we obviously address all those uh, situations as well. Could be a ticket, it could be arrest, it could be a warning. Um, I mean, it just depends obviously what that situation or that scenario is. Yeah, so I will be on foot um, walking campus actually both Friday and Saturday nights. So, Do you have like a radius? You know, I'm going to be doing this eight block radius or something like that. I mean, yeah. I, it could change, but is there, do you basically section off the city or maybe the, the portion of the city around downtown and the campus just to, this, this will be the, the main uh, concern over the four days? Yeah, no, every, we actually are walking in pairs. So, yep, I'll have a partner and we'll just be walking. We'll be given like a a three block area that we can just kind of walk and patrol. Downtown, it's obviously down to one block. So those two or four officers will just be, you know, making sure to keep their eyes on um, any kind of concerns or anything that they can help with within that one block area in downtown. Yep, we're all kind of given assignments and locations. You've been doing this long enough. You must have been doing this back when it was nine days long. Uh, How how big of a difference is it now that we've, 
shortened it over since 2014. We've shortened it to four days, Oktoberfest, but it used to be nine days. So two weekends. Very tiring. Um, and I know it, it can be for everyone else. But yeah, so we obviously have to work so many more hours. Um, so the, the first weekend is always the biggest weekend, especially with the parades. Um, but that, I mean, it still would obviously move on into the next week. So yeah, you'd just be tired. You'd be pretty tired about uh, walking, patrolling um, throughout that entire week. Um, how much do you depend on dispatch? I mean, the, the, those people are the ones that are going to be coordinating everything, I think. Well, maybe you have walkie-talkies, too, but uh, just is is this a really rough weekend for people at on the dispatch, just taking the calls, literally? Yeah, they're our lifeline, obviously. So they are the key to if someone needs help, they obviously call them, and then they have to get a hold of us. So they keep us going and getting to the calls that we need to. They help triage the calls. So if one call is maybe more emergent than the other, if something, if someone's hurt, um, that would be an example of an emergent call that we would go to. Yeah, so they're taking a ton of calls. And then they obviously get calls that may not be necessary for them to answer, but they'll still get calls about questions about the parade or questions about um, where to park. Um, so those kind of things, it, it'd be best obviously to look up online or to look up on the website or Oktoberfest specific for some of those questions. So they don't have to answer those. They can kind of focus a little bit more on the emergent police-related calls. Yeah, don't call 911 or the La Crosse Police Department if you need to know where to park. You can call La Crosse Talk PM at 5 p.m., and I'll tell you uh, if there's Perfect. parking spots Thank out you. there. <laughs> you mentioned the parade. Is it hard? This this parade is different for me because it's so, like, so huge, and it's not centered so much around, I mean, it is and it isn't, around kids and candy and throwing candy, and it's, it's also centered around getting there, having a porta potty in the street, having a cooler full of beer to celebrate Oktoberfest, how hard is it to police a parade? Because the, obviously you don't want to disrupt the parade and you don't want others to disrupt the parade, but you don't want to have to be driving through the parade if you want to get to somewhere. Um, I don't know. Do you do you take precautions or what? I guess, how do you police a parade? Yeah, and that's actually why we have so many officers working. So they can be sporadic throughout the entire parade route. Um, so you're right. We have, we'll have officers on segways, we'll have officers on bicycles, and then, of course, on foot. So if you're right, we need to get to a certain area quicker, we're not going to be able to have a squad car. There's way too many people, and that's just a hazard and um, not safe. So, yeah, that's why we'll have the bike patrol and even segway patrol so they can get to those areas a lot quicker. Um, but you're right. It's, it's monitoring everything. So that's why, again, we have officers walking up and down the different parade route area, streets, everything, just making sure that people are okay. Um, yes, like you said, it's a family event. So we want uh, people to enjoy it, to have fun, but also for the kids to have fun too. And um, many times it can kind of get to the other side of things where there could be, you know, vulgar language or alcohol be consumed. And um, we still want it to, I mean, just be the heart of it as, as a kid event as well. And then lastly, either UW Lacrosse's Police Department does this or volunteers that help uh, this, but you mentioned to me before we talked, there's there's a river watch, and I think it's run through UW Lacrosse. Does that help you guys? Because people are because that's dangerous, right? Uh, you get out of towners; they want to go check out the Mississippi River. They've been consuming alcohol. There's that accidents like that happen. You have this what's what's called river watch. It's actually all of our, our universities, our, our upper education. Um, so, yeah, they have volunteers that come, and they'll be, like, in high-visibility vests just kind of walking around Riverside Park and the riverfront area in general because um, you're right. There's a lot of people visiting that may not even know the area. They may get so turned around they think they're walking more towards campus or to their hotel room, and they're walking the complete wrong direction. So that's what they're there for is to help guide people, turn them around, get them back to the location they need to go. Um, they're huge help and it's, it's awesome to be able to, to have them and uh, collaborate with them for this 
You mentioned high visibility vests. I've, I've joked with this uh, with uh, the La Crosse County Sheriff's Department about having high visibility cars. We should have that. Um, will you guys, as a as a police department, have high visibility vests because you'll be walking around and uh, if you're wearing like dark blue, it's kind of you kind of blend in a little bit. But if you're wearing bright orange or or bright green, right? Um, if I need to get a hold of somebody that's in uh, like this is an emergency, I need to like where's oh there's a cop in a green vest. I can go talk to them. Is is that something you guys consider? Yep, most officers will be wearing them for the parade. Absolutely, actually for both parades, Torchlight and Maple Leaf, um, and then the downtown area. Yes, yep. Uh, campus, it, it kind of depends. Um, some will, some won't. Um, and that could be just based on, we also have some out-of-town officers that are coming in. So if they may not have one, um, we'll try to supply everyone with one. Um, but that's where I say it may not be absolutely everyone. Um, but our squad cars do say police on the side of them. So that's kind of high visibility. Yeah, no. you're not paying them lime green for the weekend, though. <laughs> no, no, unfortunately we can't. All right, that's Sergeant Brooke Potaska with the La Crosse Police Department. I don't know, did, did I cover everything? Do you need to, to get a word out before we let you go? I don't think so. I think you, you asked it all, so I'm good with that. All right, thanks, Brooke. Yeah, thanks. Have a good day. All right, one more break. We'll be back. <laughs> all right, that's going to wrap it up for a Wednesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks to A.J. Frells from Explore Lacrosse and Brooke Potaska from the Lacrosse Police Department. Coming up tomorrow, I know I'm going to be talking to Chris Haskell of the League of Women Voters and... Possibly some more Oktoberfest talk as we, it'll be right, it'll be the pre-show right before the Torchlight Parade, right? So we'll head into that and, uh, and then we'll know, right? We'll know, we'll know tomorrow who the Festmaster is for all of those waiting. Check out wisdomnews.com to see who the Festmaster is. 